0: Reporting on the games you love, by people who love to game. The MMO Reporter Network. Greetings friends, and welcome to episode 6 of the Game Diff Mat podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and today I'm going to start the show off a little differently. I'm going to start it with hate... Today I want to tell you about how I learned to hate Rambo, not the real Rambo, but a tiny little rat man named Ratbo, who killed me like way too many times with his gross little trash man chain gun. But I got my vengeance. Don't you worry, I got my vengeance. Ratbo paid for his insolence. He paid very, very dearly, if you know what I'm saying. Anyways, it all happened in Forced Showdown, which is an arena-style dungeon crawler that plays like Diablo where you build your character's power up from a deck of cards every time you play. is created and self-published by Beta Dwarf and released on PC in March of 2016. So I know what you're thinking, Diablo, card game, what's going on here? So let's talk about how it works, right? So the basic premise is you battle through a series of top-down 3D arenas that are kind of like tiny Diablo levels. You know, there are minions, there's bosses, that sort of stuff. And each level you beat, you get stronger. But the power level resets at the end of each arena run, so you're trying to get loot that makes you more powerful so you can conquer the harder arena gauntlets in the game. What? You want more details than that? Oh, come on, what do you want from me? (laughs) Alright, let's break it down. First, you choose one of four heroes, and each hero has four unique abilities similar to a MOBA. If you're familiar with heroes in games like League of Legends or Dota or even Diablo sort of, you know exactly what these heroes are. Then you build a deck to go with that hero from a pool of cards, like you would in Hearthstone, or Magic, or Hex, or whatever you're you're used to playing. Um, There are some class-specific cards, but most of them can be used in, in any class, and the cards usually do one of three things. They boost your hero's base stats, give them more health, more attack, or they upgrade their abilities. Ooh, your laser beam is twice as wide and deals damage twice as fast, or something like that. Or gives them sweet, sweet consumable items. So you build your deck just like you would in any other card game. You want cards at every mana cost, and you usually want them to work together or combo together to create more than the sum of their parts in some way. So then once you know what you want to play, you've built your deck, you have your character, you enter a gauntlet. And each gauntlet is a series of arenas that lead up to a big boss battle at the end. And these all have randomized rules that can help or hurt, make it easier or harder, and affect the number of enemies that are spawned inside of there and what enemies are spawned there. So repeating the same gauntlet can give a totally different experience each time you play it because it's semi-randomized. So at the start of each arena level, so inside the gauntlet, multiple levels, I'm going to say gauntlet for the big thing, and then arena means individual levels that you're playing through in that gauntlet towards the big boss fight at the end. So at the end of each arena level... You draw cards, and you can choose to play them like you would in Hearthstone. You get 1 mana at the start of every arena level, so you can spend 1 mana on your first arena, 2 mana on your second arena level, usually blah blah blah, up to usually about 10-ish levels in each gauntlet. And of course, you can play spells and other cards that affect how much mana you have access to as well. This is a card game, remember? So you're not always stuck with those rules. You can put cards in your deck that give you extra mana certain turns or based on certain variables, that sort of thing. Now the choices you make here will stack over the course of the gauntlet to define your character's build and play style. So you put stuff in your deck, but if you get abilities, whichever ones you draw early, that's going to define your character and kind of like, okay, I drew this card early that boosts my big heal. So I'm going to play defensively right now. But later, if I, get, if I draw a bunch of cards that boost my attack damage, I can turn and play more of an aggro style. So you're building your uh, play style as you go. Alright, so it took me a while to talk through the card phase, but it's actually really short in-game. Once you're done with that, it's fighting time. And this is the bulk of the, you know, quote-unquote, real gameplay. And this will be the core reason why you enjoy this game or don't. In the combat, you use those awesome hero powers that you have to just tear up the arena and everybody in it. A lot of the enemies you face are kind of fodder with tricks or kind of cool visuals and stuff that they're doing. But you are way more powerful than them. So it's about taking on just tons of them there's also destructible objects so like you enter it you enter the arena and there's clearly defined path but then you realize oh this path is built with like barricades i can smash and so you're like okay but do i smash it because then the enemies will come through this way and then there's also hazards like flame vents and so just when you think you're safe turrets rain down from the heavens to disrupt your plans or change up the terrain or force you to go a certain way it's hectic it's pure adrenaline rush and the goal is simple kill all the enemies (laughs) and don't die That's a pretty good rule in most games and the controls are like a twin stick shooter so WASD or left joystick controls your movement and the mouse or right joystick controls the direction you aim and then you just have abilities the thing i like about this is that the controls were never difficult it was more about just get being creative with your abilities and the cards that you get to outsmart and outmaneuver the enemies and and make sure that you're making the right choices and having quick reactions so like the upgrades that the cards give you your current health value is persistent throughout the whole gauntlet too. So you can put cards in your deck that will heal you, but that's one less buff or upgrade card you have in there that you'll have access to. So you, if you play at risk and don't put a lot of heal cards in your deck, which is usually the way to go if you want to you know, be really powerful... Even little mistakes early on can kind of disrupt you because you have to start playing really differently when you're below half health and a couple hits will kill you. It adds a really nice tension and makes the early levels feel like they're important too because it's carrying through all the way to the boss fight. How well you do in every each level before the boss fight will dictate kind of the resources you have going into that boss fight. So at the end of the gauntlet of 10 or so levels you'll face the big boss. Like, you know, the Rambo-themed Ratman with the massive chain gun that I mentioned. (laughs) Um, You take down the boss and you beat that gauntlet. And at that point, your character progression is done. Your dude resets to his basic stats and you modify your deck and start a new gauntlet. Um, You can think of it like finishing a match in League of Legends when you beat a gauntlet. You start over, but you earn some currency. You earn some stuff for the metagame. But your character resets and you can go in fresh next time. Now, there are four campaigns in the game right now, three in the base game, and one via DLC if you want to buy it, which is robot-themed, which seems kind of cool. I haven't checked it out. And each of those campaigns has a bunch of bunch of gauntlets inside of it. and you've beat them to progressively beat through the campaign. And as you beat those gauntlets and face-stomp all sorts of suckers... You'll complete achievements to earn stat boosts and unlock more heroes, companions, cards you can use. There's just a lot of really cool progression systems in the game that overlap in really fun ways and make sure that you're always getting something uh, as you beat levels and beat gauntlets and unlock new things. It just feels like there's always things to collect. Alright, so that's the core gameplay but let's talk about 7 reasons why I think you should play it right now. Number 1. This is not a card game that tries to bleed your wallet. That's the first thing I want to tell people. You you buy the game and you're done, right? Like I'm sure some of the cynics out there immediately assumed as soon as you heard the concept You that it's going to be like other card games where you buy card packs for your old money, there's really rare ones you have to spend a lot of money to get. No, none of that here, it's awesome. You buy card packs with in-game currency that you get as you beat gauntlets or complete campaigns or achievements or whatnot, and that's awesome for several reasons. One, because I'm already spending too much money on card games, and I don't really need another one to (laughs) drain my wallet. Two... The devs can be very generous with giving out cards because they aren't trying to get more money out of you. So they really don't hold back on the currency or getting you fun cards so it's a lot easier to get really fun cards than maybe you're used to in other card games. I guess I should caveat this with the fact that like I mentioned there is some DLC for the game but it's pretty cheap and it always comes in the same pay once get everything model which is really cool. Alright, reason number two to play this game. Champions are diverse enough to be interesting. So there's only four, which I thought was actually kind of a bummer when I first played. I was like, oh, really? Only four? And you only get one unlocked at start. But they're actually different enough in the deck builds that they let you do with the cards that are unique to each of the classes. It's actually interesting enough to make them feel different enough. I was pretty happy. Uh, So let's go through the four real fast. There's a holy light beam shooting priest, which you can go full tank or kite and heal with him. There's a lightning archer, which lets you shoot from really far away and try to never be touched. There's a Mace Whirling Volcano Man. He gets angry and just smashes things up close or uses crowd control to kite opponents, which is really tough, but fun. And there's a huge forearm beast monster thing. It's kind of gross for my taste, but some people are into that. He's just super aggro with tons of mobility and attacks that boost his attacks that boost his other attacks that boost everybody's attacks. He's just pure go big or go home. And so each of them, like I kind of mentioned, have usually two big play style directions you can go with. Tons of room for subtlety and clever card builds in between those different directions. So I typically prefer rogues or melee brawlers in games like this. So Volko, the Volcano Man, of course, was my go-to after I unlocked him. And I just had a total blast with this kind of semi-mid-range build that just lets him keep knocking up enemies in a line while running away. And then when they get too close, he just goes full Damasia, just like a whirlwind attack would ever get stuck in a corner to get out of there. Uh and of course, if that's not enough, all those champions, you also get pet slots. So there are three right now and they each function differently like one's a ranged one, one's more of a tank, that sort of thing. So comboing your hero with a different pet can really affect your strategy. All right, reason number 3. You can find success through deck building or twitch skills. And by twitch, actually, they have a really cool stream system, but that's not what I meant. I meant twitch reflexes like your your actual moment to moment gameplay. Personally, I'm much better at deck building than I am at having quick reaction times or making smart micro decisions constantly. I tend to get flustered in these high stress fights and make stupid mistakes, which is why I died to Ratbo like a hundred (laughs) times. But I love that this game gives you multiple ways to succeed. So my personal path is building, you know, really good decks that combo really well and give my character a ton of power. And we'll get more into that in a second. And But for people that don't like deck building, the default decks are fine. You can build simple decks really easily that just do stuff like boost your abilities or give you more stats, give you a ton of stats, right? And the person that's really good at combat, you give them enough stats, they're going to be just fine. (laughs) All that said, it's obvious the best players will be amazing at both aspects of the games, but you don't have to be to succeed. I'm really only good at one of them and pretty bad bad at the other one and i was able to get by just fine it took me a lot of tries to learn the the fights and figure out what to do against Rappo and notice his tells for when he's going to shoot rockets or when he's going to launch napalm and that sort of stuff it took me i'm slower on the uptake there but my deck building kind of helped carry me through uh, which i think is really important you can focus on the aspect of the game that you find more fun and kind of ignore the other one and if you like both awesome focus on both and get really good reason number four magic tricks Or illusions, whatever you prefer. Alright, fellow deck builders. The the last bullet point was more for the people that don't like deck building. Now this one is for us. Let me convince you why this game is worth your time if you like deck building. I talked about how they're simple cards, you know, increase your maximum health by 50. This ability now has half the cooldown. But there are also all the sort of cool, weird, interesting, compelling cards that we love to build decks around in Magic and Hearthstone. So let me run through some examples real fast. Boon of the Reckless, cost 1. Draw a card for every 30 health you're missing. Blood Pact, cost 0. Pay 80 health. Gain 3 mana. Major Healing, 4. Restore all health. Hot Coffee, cost 1. Cards cost 1 less this turn. Spellweaver Puff, cost 0. Spend all your mana. Summon a little pet to follow you around in the next level. If it survives the arena, draw 1 spell card for each mana spent. So, if your mind is already racing at the possibilities of comboing those, right? Paying health to gain mana, then drawing cards for health you're missing, then restore all health. Oh, man. Or invest all your mana now to draw a bunch of spells next turn. If you put only certain spells in your deck, you can draw those. Like, you're going to love this game if you're excited about that stuff. Because this is just the tipty tip 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 top of the iceberg. Like these cards I just said are just the spells. I didn't even talk about the ones that modify your abilities or your stats or anything like that or the consumables, which are kind of item it basically gives your character an item that you can use during the level. Everything else happens right when you play the card. Uh, But there's a bunch of consumables and cool synergies. Oh man, there's just so much. So anyways, before we move on, I should just say, there's a bunch of cards that some of these these little pets that follow you around for one turn. And a lot of them, (laughs) they're just like little suicidal pets. Like they'll just run out and do whatever. And you have to decide like, ooh, are you going to risk your own character to save them? Because all of them are, hey, you get this little dude. If he survives to the next turn, you get a perk. And sometimes it's a big perk. Sometimes it's a small perk. But it's always good. And so you're like, oh man, do I play it risky? Do I lose health saving this guy now because he's going to get me a benefit? Uh, it just creates a lot of really fun scenarios in the game. And then other times he goes out and he like kites a boss for you. And it's like, wow, that was that was really helpful. Thank you, little guy. That was awesome. Reason number five, randomized rules keep it interesting and fun to repeat content. I think I lost at least 10 times in the first big gauntlet I played before I finally beat it. But I didn't really care. Every arena I played was different due to the randomized rules when you go through them. So I think of them... You can kind of think about these randomized rules like the effects we talked about in You Must Build a Boat's episode last week. They can do almost anything, right? They can affect combat like Magnetic Weapon, which says your attacks now pull enemies towards you. So anytime you do a basic attack on your mouse, enemies come flying at your face. Uh, They can affect the card game, right? Channeling Pain is one. And at the start of each arena, gain one mana for every 25% of your health that you're missing. Or it can give you a minigame, kind of like little pets, like Raph's son. Uh, summons Raph's son. I don't know who Raph is or why he has a son. But his son is, quote, a worthless fighter. <laughs> Sorry, Raph's son. Uh, and it says, whoever kills him takes 50 unavoidable damage. So it's just this hazard that's following you around on the map. But if you use it right, if you can save it and protect it all the way to the boss, you can get you know a big hit on the boss for free. Uh, but that means you have to f- protect him through <laughs> nine levels and not kill him yourself. Uh, and so some of those sound better than others, obviously, because they are. Some are good and some are bad. And they come paired so that the enemies are often harder if you get a helpful rule, or the enemies are nerfed if you get a hard rule. And so there's not RNG in the sense that, oh man, this level's impossible. There's RNG in the sense that, oh man, this level has this weird rule that I have to play around and figure out, and maybe it's good for my character, and sometimes it's bad for my character, but kind of the objective power level is the same in in general. Reason number six, daily challenges are awesome. This is something that came out in a later patch, I think, or I just didn't notice it right away. I think it unlocks after you beat the first campaign, so maybe it's always there, I just never noticed it. But anyways, every day, there are three unique gauntlets that you can play, each with different rules. Uh, daily, only available that day, and you can play as many times as you want. So cool, it's like a one-time level with special rules. There's Equality Daily, which you don't do any builds. There's no randomness. You, your hero, your pet, your cards are fixed. Even the order that you draw cards is fixed. Everyone plays the exact same experience every time, and so it's all about how you perform. So the people that don't like deck building, Equality Daily is going to be their favorite. And there's leaderboards to compete, which is super fun. I'll get to that in a second. Anyways... The last one is one shot daily, and you only get to play it once, ever, period. You play that level once, you're gone. Internet disconnects, too bad, you're done. So you have to figure out your strategy on the fly. Like, it shows you a little info ahead of time, like, here's the rules. Okay, <laughs> good luck. So you have to figure it out on the fly and be quick to react and adjust your playstyle to the threats that you didn't expect. So these are super simple, randomized levels. They aren't like custom hand-built content every day. I don't want to set expectations that high, but they do guarantee there's always something new and fun to do every day. And particularly, I love the one-shot daily because there's no pressure to keep playing it, right? You just beat it once, get my reward, and see how I I compare on that leaderboard. So you can filter to just Steam friends or global leaderboards, um, and since I only have one friend that plays this game right now, which is a tragedy, it's such a good game, I'm doing global leaderboards where I lose constantly. So if you play this game, let's get Steam friends so we can compare each other's leaderboard stats. It'd be nice to have a realistic opponent for me to compete against. Oh, and you get tons of currency rewards from the daily challenges, which is really cool. I can't tell if it's tied to how well you score on the leaderboards or not, but I always get tons of currency, even when I don't do really well. So it's the fastest way to open new card packs. I mentioned uh, how the devs are really generous with currency because they aren't trying to milk you for money or anything like that. This is a really good example. You play Daily Currency, boom, open some packs, have fun. It's awesome. Reason number seven. Oh, plot twist. It's all a reality TV show. Boom. I got you. I'm like the M. Night Shyamalan of podcasts. It was a reality TV show all along. <laughs> all right, but let me tell you why it's a super cool theme. So a little camera bot floats around your character and takes pictures of you while you're playing. When you do a cool move, it, like, takes a quick snapshot. At the start, it's rotating around you and, like, interviewing you. And when you win, it starts taking tons of photos, like paparazzi and confetti falls around you. It just feels awesome and adds to kind of the epic moments. The arenas all have sci-fi-style advertising boards all around. So it looks like you're playing in an arena, right, in a kind of pre-built reality TV show sport, essentially. And even some of them have stands with crowds cheering or eating popcorn and talking taunting the action on the sides it's not a huge deal in the game I mean the announcer is really fun he gives goofy voices I'll play some in just a second after this one uh, he says goofy things it's just a really fun way to tie it all together when the enemies and the worlds are kind of arbitrary they all seem pulled out of nowhere like some worlds are desert some worlds are sci-fi like dystopia some worlds are like high fantasy with fountains and gardens and nights and that sort of stuff Um, And so this theme just kind of pulls it all together. uh, And the fact that your character resets and stuff, it just kind of feels like it makes sense and feels more fun. I mean, I don't want to set it up. It's not like there's a big story here. Banner Saga, this is not, you know? (laughs) It's just a fun little theme on top of a fun game. So if the game sounds like fun to you, you can buy it for 20 bucks. Links to all the stores are on GameDiplomat.com along with everything we talked about here and a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. Or even better than buying, you can get it for free right now! Beta Dwarf set us one key to give away on the show and you can win it by answering this trivia question. Which Supreme card, Supreme is like their epic rarity, card costs the most? Fiery Conjurer, Stormy's Mom, Unfair Advantage, the Dropkick of Persuasion or Recurring Hero. And yes, all of those are real cards and they're absolutely brilliant. I love them. Stormy's mom. Love it. Uh, a Dropkick of Persuasion. I feel like I could have used that ability sometimes in my life. Uh, so anyways, email or tweet your guest to me. Links on gamedivmat.com to find that. The correct answer to last week's trivia question about the minimum or the maximum number of levels on a boat and you must build a boat was six. Congratulations to David, the only person to guess correctly, and also to Matt and Chesky, who uh, didn't guess correctly, but guessed, and sometimes that that's all it takes. Each of them won a copy of You Must Build a Boat on Steam, a fun match-three puzzle game that throws in RPG elements, you can learn more about it on episode five. And for those keeping score at home, yes, Chesky has now won three free games since so few people are sending in guesses. Anyone that sent in a guess this week won, literally. Well, I mean, except for Glenn. Who could only play it on iPhone, and since we only had Steam phones key, or Steam Keys to give away, he didn't win. So, but anybody who wanted a Steam Key and sent in a request got a Steam Key this week. So send in your guest this week. And if you enjoyed the show, you can leave a review on iTunes thanks to Shiny Rob and Nose4 AH2, who left five-star reviews on there last week. We really appreciate it. If we get enough reviews, we can get more eyes balls on the podcast, get more listeners, have more fun being having fun you should join our slack channel and our steam group where you're having fun 24 7 all right if you really want to support us you can support us with whole cold hard cash or just tell your friends about the show that's great too but no matter what thanks for spending your time with us i hope you found a fun new game to play in the next episode of game diplomat we'll talk about dust force the only platforming game i've ever truly loved we'll see you then Spoken. This marks the end of this contestant's run. We hope to see you back soon!